consent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to, to Radical. Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I hope this finds you very well after the, the Christmas break and you guys are coming back. It is uh, early morning and I wanted to try something a little bit different. We'll see what happens here in terms of uh, the space. So I've got a Twitter spaces going on in the background and this is kind of what uh, I was hoping to get at this morning. We've got a lot going on. So, I mean, the, the world is on fire right now and we've got people popping in on Twitter spaces. This Twitter spaces is going to be Save America or National Divorce. We're going to talk about uh, this and we're going to we're going to debate it, discuss it. We're going to talk about a whole lot in terms of why you think one way or another. And really, I wanted to figure out kind of where the average Americans are at in uh, 2022 going into 2023. I've got my own thoughts and I don't want to put those out there before we start this discussion. But um, there was a tweet by Dmitry uh, Medvedev. And if you don't know who he is, uh, he is the former president of Russia. I think it was uh, 2008 uh, or 2007 to 2012, and he is uh, the acting uh, security counsel for the Russian Federation. But uh, the other day, he he put out a a really interesting tweet, and it was uh, I guess was it yesterday, two days ago. It says on New Year's Eve, everybody is into making predictions. Many come up with futuristic hypotheses. And as if they're competing to a single, to single out the wildest and even the most absurd ones. Here's our humble contribution. What can happen in 2023? I think the first one here uh, is is probably fairly accurate. Uh, number one, oil prices will rise to $150 a barrel, and the gas price will top $5 per cubic meter. Number two, the UK will rejoin the EU. Three, the EU will collapse after the UK re uh, returns and the euro will drop out of use as the former U EU currency. I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think the EU is going or the I don't think the UK is going to rejoin the EU. There are a lot of problems going on in the world right now. And one of the biggest problems I see um is, is you know it's kind of started with this uh this economic collapse was when uh Great Britain said we're not going to be joining the EU. Or we're going to do a a Brexit uh and this was because they didn't believe in the central banks. They didn't believe in the European Union central bank. They didn't want to be involved with it. They didn't want their their treasure, their their GDP. They didn't want politicians and these people uh, controlling what they were doing with their resources as a country. And when this happened, I was actually in the UK. This was, I think, kind of that first uh, real big piece of what was coming in terms of fi you know uh, financial calamity uh, right after that you know in 2020 we had uh, COVID breakout and when COVID broke out 
the you know they they locked everybody down. COVID was a mechanism; it was a tool for these people to stop people from traveling, stop the economy, to slow things down, to blame it on something other than the banks. And when we start to see what's happened, I don't know, over the past few years now, uh, it seems pretty obvious what COVID was, how they they pushed it, why they pushed it the way they did. And this is going to have a lot of resounding effects. And I think this is probably where I wanted to discuss this conversation a little bit is save America or national divorce. We've got a couple people in the audience right now on Twitter spaces. And if you guys could share that and, and put it out, we'll hopefully get some more people in here where we can actually have that discussion. But if you want to contribute to what we're saying, uh, you can go down and you can you can ask to become a speaker. And I'll, I'll bring you up to the stage and we can have that conversation. Are you for saving America or are you for a national divorce? When um, <clears throat> I, I I don't think Medvedev Medvedev's uh, first tweet is, is is accurate in the string of tweets. Like it's a, it's a pretty good threat, uh, but I think there is really something to the idea of oil hitting one hundred and fifty dollars a barrel. Uh, this is this will probably happen because the world reserve currency is complete trash right now. Right, the U.S. dollar is done, and if they continue to hike interest rates, it's going to happen even faster. We've been talking about this over here as uh, the, the Libertarian Party Austrians for over 50 years. Once they unpegged from Bretton Woods uh, in the early 1970s, inflation uh, went, well, the interest rates went through the roof and inflation started, like in earnest, really started. We've seen about 99.9% of the dollar be, uh, the, the value of the dollar be evaporated in that time. And now uh, the the idea that $150 a barrel, well, yeah, well, you've got possibly less product and less services bringing it to market uh, being chased by trillions. And I mean, they're good. They're going to be what uh, upwards of over nine trillion dollars in the past two and a half years now in terms of the U.S. dollar, in terms of creating more and more um, inflation. Yeah, you've got more dollars chasing less goods, less services out there. Of course, oil prices are going to rise. And yeah, 150, I think by the end of it, you could probably see the amount of a barrel you know, of oil going probably for over at least, I don't know, that and a half, maybe double that, maybe $300 a barrel. When this is all said and done and they try to inflate their debt away, because that's really their only choice at this point, is to inflate debt away. It's what they did in the Weimar Republic. It's, it's. I guarantee you, you've seen it all over the world. They inflate debt away because they can't do anything else about it. They can't pay it down. They can't stop spending. And in the Keynesian economy, whenever this kind of stuff happens, whenever you slow spending or you slow the growth of spending, this is when economies crash. This is when they go into recession and over time, depression. And that's what you're looking at here in the United States. Depression is just you know, the, the amount of time, I think it's two years of negative GDP. And, you know, if you're actually looking at what's going on in America and around the world, America for sure. Um, yeah. Have, have sectors change, have the job markets changed? Of course they have, but at the same time, they haven't changed, you know, that dramatically in terms of the upside, what they've done is kind of mess with some numbers. They've, they mess with the job reports. They mess with interest rates. They mess with, um, you know, CPI and all these other numbers and statistics to make it look like they're doing better in the, uh, in the government than they are. 
So uh, his next tweet, uh, number this is number four in his list, uh, Poland and Hungary will occupy western regions of the formerly existing Ukraine. Now, this is this is pretty interesting to me. And like I said, if you're out there in the audience and you want to participate in this and start talking about um, you know, whether we should save America or have a national divorce, um, there's another tweet down here from Dimitri that we're going to get to that kind of prompted all of this. But you're, you're free to request to come up and speak, and I'll, I'll bring you on. But number four <clears throat> being that he's talking a little shit here. He's, he's talking about the Ukraine not existing anymore. So if Russia is going to bring this on and they're going to you know, say, hey, listen, we're not going to stop. We're going to take uh, the eastern part of Ukraine. Then Poland and Hungary will take the, what what's left. I boy, it's uh that's a that's a pretty braggadocious uh, type of statement to put out there, especially uh, from a guy that's you know the the head of the Security Council over in Russia. That's that's pretty amazing. Uh, number five, the Fourth Reich will be created, encompassing the territory of Germany and its satellites: Poland, Baltic states, Chechnya, Slovakia. Kiev Republic and other outcasts. This is interesting to me. Um, I you know the Fourth Reich, the the, the coming of the Nazis. Now I, I I will tell you you know I think at some point we are looking at you know Ukraine and this this battalion of Nazis that's over there. The fact that they brought uh, you know the the Russian president. Uh, Zelensky over here to the United States before Congress. They draped a, f- a flag out there, and there was some talk about you know possibly seeing some SS symbols and all that kind of stuff on the flag. This is something that is, I guess, a fairly interesting prediction. Uh, being a Russian, I imagine he's a lot closer to these types of uh, societal and government types of, uh, lack of a better word, uh, just kind of cultures planning what what they're what they're going to be doing and this is something that's fairly interesting if we're going to see other countries unite at the same time where he's talking about the eu collapsing uh i don't know fairly fairly interesting perspective now he gets into war not that it hasn't already kind of broken out over there uh number six war will break out between france and the fork reich and Europe will be divided. Poland repartitioned in the process. Not good. Um, if if this guy is talking about the Fourth Reich uh, going to war with France, you know, um, I don't think you know this is war's always bad, right? Like when we look at why these things are happening, if you had if you had stable currency, if you had currency that wasn't being manipulated first and foremost, you had currency that couldn't be inflated, uh, that wasn't being used to manipulate other countries, other regions, other cultures, people in different classes, you name it. Like This is what bankers do. They they manipulate with currency. They don't care about laws. They don't care about NGOs. They don't care about any of that kind of stuff. So if if they think that um, you know Europe's going to collapse, the EU is going to collapse, uh, Germany is going to you know raise a fourth Reich and then go to war uh, with, with France, man, what a, what a crazy world. Not what I had on my 2023 card. Uh, and then Northern Ireland will separate from the UK and join the Republic of Ireland. Uh, 
man, maybe this is some sign of hope. You know, as a guy who's Irish and looking at the world as, um, you know, trying to decentralize for the best, right? We decentralize, we get out there. Uh, and at that point, we we start to see that we can touch these people who are either elected or who are claiming that they have power. When you can actually reach out and touch those people at the local level, and they don't have a ton of power coming in, they don't have a ton of money, they don't have banks that are you know funding them and bailing them out and doing you know the crazy things like that. Then what you get into is a place where the government is scared of the people. And that's where you find liberty. We've been talking about this for a long time, but you know, before if you can't, if you're not going to fix money before that, it's going to change again. We you get back on that hamster wheel, and when you're using fiat currency and fiat banks and everything else that happens within that space, once you get back into that place, well, bad things are going to naturally happen again. Um, number seven. Uh, let's see. Northern Ireland. Well, yeah, we know this number seven. We already did that one. Let's do number eight. This is this is where it, what got me thinking about uh, national divorce or saving America. Civil war will break out in the U.S., California, and Texas becoming independent states as a result. Texas and Mexico will form an allied state. Elon Musk will win the presidential election in a number of states, which after the new civil war's end, will have been given to the GOP. Oh, God, this one pains me a little bit. Uh, California seceding from the nation. I don't know. You know, like, I don't think uh, a lot of Californians are, I don't know, separatists. I don't think they're independents. I don't think they want to be separate from the U.S. I don't think they want to be separate from more of a centralized power, more or less. I think there's a lot of people in California that would probably want to be part of possibly Canada. And if you look at how Canada and Washington and Oregon and California are out there, man, I, I could see the entire West Coast becoming part of Canada or forming a new country. But I don't think California goes at it alone. Um, Texas, on the other hand, well, I think they've been chopping at the bit for a long time uh, to to not be a part of the United States. You know, it's been fabled since I was a kid in school and government indoctrination courses where the, you know, Texas wrote into their constitution that they could secede from the union, the, the quote unquote constitutional republic, which we're not anymore that they could secede from those guys at any time. And I think uh, we're getting to the point where I, th I think a lot of really good red-blooded Americans are super pissed off. They are, and right, rightfully, righteously, I should say, pissed off about what's happening um, when we see the Twitter files, when we see the spending, when we see who's getting bailed out, when we see all of these, you know, really, you know, just, un I'd say there's no justice, there's the, completely unfair who's getting money who's getting bailed out who's still paying you know an absorbent amount of taxes the peaceful people in america who are being targeted uh by these organizations now that is coming to light where you know they've ended people's careers if they were talking about covid the wrong way if they were talking about um the fbi the cia if they were talking about any of these organizations the wrong way they got absolutely crushed and they were working, I mean, they're still working with 
Facebook. They're still working with Google. They're still working with Apple. They're still working with the the rest of the tech industry. And, you know, I'm not so sure that Elon isn't working with him or if he is playing provocateur, which is completely possible. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see some stuff coming out. Uh, but at the same time, you're, you're seeing what is the unraveling. If there was any faith in these institutions at all, now what you're seeing is that being depleted. I mean, just damn near down to 0%. I don't know who's out there. I mean, I, you know, that's the saying, oh, you know, you know, we should, we should probably continue down this road. And then, you know, if you're out there in the audience and you're saying we should save America, I want to hear from you. Like if, if you want to save America at this point, I, if you're out there in this audience and you want to come up and talk about why we should save America or how we can save America, I would love to have you up here to have you, you know, talking about these kind of things and having this discussion, because I think Discussing this with other people, with other you know people that absolutely love their fellow Americans, but don't want to descend into chaos. They don't want to descend into war. They don't want to descend into seeing you know their family, their neighbors, their communities, their neighborhoods, you know, go into this awful process. Boy, yeah, like this is what we need to be talking about as a nation, so that we can avoid these things, so that we can understand what it's going to take to live amongst each other in peaceful ways, what we will accept, what we won't accept, trying to make some some very good points and bring each other into, I don't know, some enlightenment, some understanding, some, um, some I don't know, any other place than where we are now. We're, we're in a really, I mean, as, as Americans, as a society, we're angry, we are you know, more prideful. We have some shame. We have, we have a lot, a lot of very, very bad issues. Um, there's a great scale out there that I talk about on a, on a fairly often, uh, you know, often basis. It's uh, Dr. Hawkins scale of enlightenment. And when you're in this bottom part of the scale, you're in survival mode. And I believe America has been there for a long time. I think that's why a lot of people are so damn tired. But uh, today's discussion is save America. We're national divorce, and this this one tweet is what got me talking. You know, you know, thinking about this, talking about this, and really wanting to hear from people out there. If you're in the audience, you want to come up. Uh, all you got to do is request, and I'll uh, I'll bring you up. But this is this is one of those places where, you know, I, I want you to feel free to say anything, and I want you to feel free to come up and 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 say whatever's on your mind. But I also want you to be receptive to other people's ideas. I want you to be. You know, try to learn something instead of prove a point. Uh, this is this is a great space for that, and this is a space that I think we're going to have uh, a lot more talks on here in the very near future. So, let's see. We've got um, I think here we go, uh, Ignacio uh, Gilbraz. Let's see if I can bring you up here without um, ending this entire space. Let's go. Bam. All right, Ignacio, can you hear us? Hello. Hey, you got to get real close to that microphone, brother. Hi, hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thanks for the for for the space. I think that uh, technology and, and Bitcoin is going to change politics, and national states are condemned to disappear. I think that uh, the U.S. was the best country lately in the world because uh, its founders were very generous clever and, 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 and intelligent people and they did they, they, the constitution to, to, 
uh, establish check and balances and, and give freedom to the people. And you have been, the U.S. have been leading the world, but uh, now they are very corrupt and technology is going to dissolve uh, every country, including the U.S. So, in my opinion, all, all the citizens of the world, of every nation, have to disengage from the state and be free adopting uh, cryptography to and, and, and fight uh, organizations that want to control them. And citizens of the world have to associate freely in, uh, in free contracts to, to do whatever they want uh, without the intervention of the state. So on that, on that sense, for example, an American citizen can associate with a French or with whoever they want and defund the state via uh, Bitcoin. Thank you very much. Yeah, Ignacio, hang out for a second, if you will. And, um, I, you know, questions for you. You know, obviously, um, it sounds like you're you're not from Georgia or, or um, you know, originally from the, the United States. Where are you from? I'm from Spain. Okay. So as, as you're seeing this, you know, and, and I guess I have questions for you. You know, in your lifetime, have you seen you know, the, the credibility of the United States fall flat on its face, or is it just the fact that we have more and more uh, information coming about about just absolutely how crooked it is? Because what we have seen is, you know, the, the emergence that there's the admission that the CIA uh, was in, uh, you know, you know, in the Middle East in the, yeah. I don't know, in the early, you know, in late 1940s, early 1950s, uh, when they installed the Shah and they overthrew Mossadegh, you know, in Iran. And so when you see things like that happening that far back and then the, the killing of John F. Kennedy, um, when, when we're looking at this, you know, this to me, it looks like the agencies and DC and the DOD and the rest of these organizations have been corrupt for damn near as long as, you know, American history goes on and they've been a part of it. But, you know, I guess maybe to some of the world that it, maybe they've missed some of this kind of stuff, or maybe that's the sentiment uh, in places where we've destabilized other people and other things like that. Is is that kind of the consensus? Where you know where you're from in Spain? Well, here in Spain, um, we had a civil war in the 1930s uh, before the Second World War, and it was communist versus nationalist. Nationalist won. It's the only country in the world where nationalists won. All the rest, it was either a draw like Korea half and half or the communist won like Vietnam and so on. So Spain was the only country where the nationalists won. And after that war and after Second World War, uh, Franco, the, the Spanish leader, became allied with the U.S. because the U.S. was trying to fight uh, communism. Um, and we've been allied ever since. So the sentiment here in Spain is that uh, traditionally com uh, red-wing people have been against the USA in general, and Spanish patriots have been friends or uh, sympathy towards the US. Uh, Spain is still an ally of the US. We have the bases and everything here, and uh, the, uh, almost everybody is allied of the US except radical groups or extreme leftists or things like that. But um, it, uh, media, the media in Spain is very similar to American media. They are very pro-Biden, pro-Obama, anti-Trump, uh, so on and so forth. They are the same. 
and the general sense is that uh, Trump is like a crazy guy. Uh, most people think don't think the U.S. is especially corrupt. They think uh, because here there is a high level of security in in Spain, so uh, there is no the crime is very reduced. So people uh, think that the, the crime in in the U.S. is high and it's dangerous because everybody has a gun there, uh, whereas here only the police has guns. Uh, but uh, most people don't see, in my opinion, the level of corruption that is going on in the in the elite of the U.S., in the political elite and economic as well. Uh, my, uh, me, myself, I, I think I'm uh, a younger, well, I'm 40 years old, and I'm in a group of people that uh, investigate a bit further what's going on there out of personal interest. And yes, uh, there is a vision because I speak with people and I'm in Spanish forums here. And we are well aware of everything that is going on there with Twitter, the Twitter files, Elon Musk, the level of corruption, uh, what the central banks are, how they are. So, uh, so extracting. The, yeah. So, so, so there's a lot of people that see it, and, and you're obviously one of them. See the level of corruption here, and imagine it's been put on. You know, put you've been justified in, in understanding that for. Um, you know, I, for how long, you, however long you have thought that is now that the Twitter files are coming out and we actually have no kidding proof, um, some justification. Now, I appreciate it, Ignacio. And if you want to stick around and, and contribute to this conversation and have the debate, save America or the national divorce, uh, welcome to stick up here. You've got, uh, Chet, man, if you want to come in here and I hope I'm saying that right, man, uh, weigh in on yes, what, what do you, what do you say? Uh, save America, national divorce. What, what do you think? I wanted to echo what Ignacio said, especially about Bitcoin. And I think Bitcoin can save America because it offers everyone a fair game they can play. They know that if they add productivity to systems, it's going to benefit everyone. You know, Jeff Booth always talks about how technology is so deflationary. And uh, another point Ignacio mentioned is how, you know, the U.S., our capital markets, we have fair rules and regulations. And obviously recently it's come to light a lot of the problems with those uh you know, the corruption inside the system. But overall, capitalism is a lot more beneficial than communism, that productivity can be spread out amongst everyone. And I, I think Bitcoin can help save America because it just offers a fair game where everyone knows there's only 21 million coins. If you add value in that system, if you increase productivity over time, your purchasing power will increase. And it kind of changes the dynamic from where everyone has to be an investor because our fiat currency is losing value so fast to a, a system where people can just focus on their jobs, saving Bitcoin and not have to worry about, you know, being a stock picker to uh, preserve their wealth over time. So I'm really hopeful that Bitcoin can save America. Uh, but, you know, I do wonder, too, if God bless the state rights and the fact that, you know, some states are more tyrannical than others. You know, if you look at New York and California versus Texas and Florida, uh, I think that arbitrage can do a lot to make sure freedom is preserved in the United States. Do you, Chap, this is an interesting conversation. I mean, uh, obviously, as Bitcoin maximalists, we're, we're going to sit here and say that, you know, obviously Bitcoin is the future and that I agree. I wonder, you know, in in, in your in your mind, as you play this through and, and game it uh, as as Bitcoin does become the store of value uh, and more and more people understand it or at least uh, understand the basics of holding their own keys. When when we when we look at a, you know, five 10, 15 years into the future of America, 
when we're talking about hyper Bitcoinization, what do you think that looks like? Uh, because obviously, when Bitcoin gets ripping, and you know, the, just to play antagonist here a little bit, is we get to this point of decentralization. Is how do you make people part with their Bitcoin to fund? Uh, sections of government, and you know, I should say sections. You know, government and whole sections uh, locally. You know, how do you use the government force and coercion against people that can't be robbed of their Bitcoin? And, and you know, I guess kind of hold this thing together. Yeah, it's a really good question, and I, and I wonder myself, especially uh, how long it might take to get the hyper Bitcoinized world. Obviously, I hope it's a smooth transition away from fiat currency and not a messy one. Um, but I think the whole value for value thing and the idea that, you know, if you have a podcast and someone can just stream you stats over the lightning network, it's just going to allow the individuals to monetize themselves in ways never before seen. And I think it's going to become, I, I guess, I wonder how long it's going to take for states to recognize that if they're treating people unfairly, they're just going to move to a better state where they're treated more fairly. And I think it shrinks government over time, at least that's the hope. Um, but to your point, I wonder if this is a five to 10 year thing or, if it's a 50 year thing, I hope we don't have to go to a dark ages to come out this other side. And I hope, you know, Bitcoin Maximus like ourselves can teach more people and help them see the life raft. But I'm also aware that pain is sometimes the best teacher. And you know, I feel bad for anyone who lost money in FTX. But if there's a silver lining, I think it forwards a lot of Bitcoin Maximus. So hopefully we can teach them. But I also do fear that kind of pain is the best teacher. And I think states that are more tyrannical will just end up losing people and their citizens will suffer. And the states who embrace this will flourish and i'm curious how long that'll play out i'd love to know your thoughts yeah so you know having having kind of stood toe-to-toe with the governor candidates down here in georgia I can tell you, like, I was not impressed with these people. You know, these executives who have gained a lot of power in the last couple of years, these people are, I think, bought and paid for by the banks. The incentive structure just doesn't work in terms of, quote-unquote, politics, right? So when we look at banks and we look at uh, how, you know, politicians are funded and how they get into office and how they have power— the incentive structure in a in a fiat economy is set up to put install I'd say to say install muppets people that will do whatever the the, the really powerful people I will tell them to do and I will tell you right now Brian Kemp down here in Georgia is not a smart guy like he is he's just one of those guys that you know is probably okay to have a beer with probably fun to go onto his giant property and maybe do some quail hunting and bright orange vests and all that kind of stuff but when it comes to like standing up and and really making this push for possibly something that could really in you know I guess take away the, the bonds of the Federal Reserve, take away the bonds of the federal government, take away all these, you know, the, the debt and, and really push the society into uh, the, the 21st century. What we're looking at is, I think, something that this incentive structure is just so bad and so perverted that these guys are going to do whatever they can to hold on as long as they can. And here's the thing is when when I see this, what, what I see is CBDCs launching. I, no doubt at some point the CBDCs have to launch and they have to go back to zero. When that happens, the executives now only have to report to one centralized 
place, which, you know, obviously being the Federal Reserve, it's not even going to be D.C., I think, anymore. I think this is going to be played out where when they want money and they need to have people do things, they're going to dangle CBDC carrots in front of them and they're going to ask them to do some really heinous shit. I mean, and I mean really, really heinous stuff. Um, you know, we look at right now, we look at people who want to grab guns. We look at people who don't give a damn about your property, civil asset forfeiture that don't, you know, no justice in terms of, you know, you're taking your property without warrant or taking your property, um, you know, by just making up charges or or like I said before, civil asset forfeiture, uh, still criminalizing tons of peaceful people. And so when I see, the the power structure start to remove layers with CBDCs to dangle in front of executives with badges and guns. What I see are executives doing what they're being told to do to feed their family, to heat their homes, to clothe their you know to clothe their kids. I see real atrocities coming from CBDCs because this is what they're going to have to do to get paid, and they're going to take out the middlemen to do it. Um, they're just going to be like, Hey, you're either going to get paid in CBDCs and you're going to take on everything that we've told you to do. If that means harming your fellow man, your fellow community members, your peaceful people and all that kind of stuff. I think elections are gone at that point. I, I, you know, and, and this is the thing is this is the reality. Like obviously I am all about Bitcoin maximalization and hyper Bitcoinization. But when we look at how this is going to happen, I'm coming to this point where like, well, at some point, somebody's got to say no. And when you take away that incentive, if you're not having those conversations with possibly your sheriffs, possibly your mayors now, and showing them how this is going to play out, you're either going to take CBDCs or as a community, we're going to fund you through Bitcoin in terms of a voluntary society. Boy, this is, this is, you know, something that I've wrestled with for a long time. And I think, there's going to be communities that get this right. And I think there's going to be communities that get this really, really wrong. Um, I'd be, I don't think you're going to see governors installed in any States where they're going to take uh, Bitcoin seriously or put it, put it to the forefront so that it frees the people and we start to decentralize. But I mean, anybody else's thoughts on this, I'd, I'd be happy to, to hear from you guys because this is something that honestly, this is what keeps me up at night. This is the kind of thing that I don't see America surviving the debt. I don't see them surviving the the Twitter files, the corruption. I don't see them surviving any of this, even with Bitcoin. Uh, for me, I, what I see is Bitcoin pushing some areas within some states uh, to freedom, whereas other places are going to be pushed by uh, desire and greed and CBDCs and, um, you know, their, their political opinions where if they want to take, you know, people's defense from people, I think that's definitely going to happen. Um, I'm kind of getting to that point now where, you know, I hate to think about a hot civil war in places, but there's, there's just part of me now that's people that are going to try to hold on and, and prevent, uh, the national divorce, the, this is the secession of certain areas, versus uh the people that just want to be free it's crazy if they're yeah here we go we got uh let's see who is requested here i think we've got an aussie coming up the stage dr daniel craig you there oh he's connecting right now no good discussion so far save america or national divorce 
Um, uh, let's let's go. Go ahead. Uh, let's see, Doctor Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig is. Uh, <laughs> I think he's the actor in, um, and some of the uh, James Bond movies. Are you there, Daniel? Yeah, guys. How are you? Uh, yeah, doing good. How are you, sir? A funny thing when I was at the El Salvador conference. Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, they. Um, I wasn't uh, received well instinctively by some people at the Bitcoin conference because they saw Dr. Craig and they associated me with Craig Wright as a scammer, which I thought was quite quite funny. I never thought about that. So um, they certainly, uh, some of them didn't associate me with James Bond, but I much prefer the latter. What are your thoughts on this? What, 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 what do you have to say on uh, on this whole thing? Save America or national divorce? Yeah, uh, can you clarify it for me? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Yeah. Um. So, oh man, hey, uh, doctor, you're you're in the matrix right now, brother. Uh, I don't know if you got a better connection somewhere, but uh, if <laughs> if you're swallowed up in the matrix, uh, I don't know. Maybe mess with uh, your different radios. Maybe turn off your Wi-Fi or turn on your Wi-Fi and. Uh, Either way, just just pick one of those radios on that phone, and then uh, and then come back up to the stage. Go ahead. No, nah, he's he's still in the matrix. Um, but if you can hear me, I, I will better define this. Save America, as in keep America together, um, and keep all the states together. Whatever, uh, kind of kind of the I guess the the conundrum of Abraham Lincoln. Do you keep it all together? Do you preserve the union? Or do you let people do what people naturally do? They throw off governments that have abused their power, that have abused the people, that have enslaved people, that have absolutely run amok and done some really awful things. Uh, if, if you know, if you want to save that, uh, that's I want to hear from you. I want to hear on how we do it. I want to hear on why we do it. I want to hear, you know. Any, any aspect of this that you've kind of been gaming in your head and I, like this space is for those people who have been thinking about this who have been war gaming basically hoping I think to avoid war but there are a lot of people out there that I think uh, don't understand that you know if you're going to try to keep the union together it's going to be you know one of those things where how do you do this through consent or maybe it's going to be from people that are being like no we're going to use force and coercion uh, to continue to support this union, and that's that's where you know this conversation is heading. I just want to hear uh, the, the the kind of the temperature of the room, so to speak, here on Twitter Spaces. So uh, I think Doctor Doctor Daniel Craig has dropped back down. So if you get a better connection, man, you want to come back up and, and weigh in on that. I'm, I'm I'm happy to have you. Anybody else wants to weigh in on that? Uh, just request to become a speaker. Come on up to the stage. I appreciate everybody who is dropping in here. Uh, we're at about 39 minutes into maybe a little uh, over an hour podcast. We're going to do about that. But um, this all stems from a tweet that I saw from Dmitry Medvedev, the, uh, the Security Council chair over in Russia and former president of the uh, Russian Federation over there. When he predicted that civil war was going to break out uh, in the U.S., that uh, California and Texas were going to become independent states, uh, and Texas was going to, you know, be an allied state of Mexico, I thought it was all really interesting. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, Dr. Daniel Craig back up here now and see if he's got a better connection because I want to hear what he has to say as an Australian. All right, brother, if you are out there and you're ready to go, let's hear it. 
if it, I don't know. Can anybody, can uh, Chep and, and Ignacio, can you guys hear him? I can't hear him either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look. There we go. Gotcha. Um, firstly, yeah, firstly. Yeah, guys, I can't hear. Yeah, yeah. Look, what I will say first is I, I'm not from the state, so I'm, I'm from Australia. So, I guess in that sense, I'm still obviously have a bias. Um, well, I mean, we all are subject to our own cognitive dissonances. But um, look, what I will say is I really have a deep respect for the U.S. Constitution. Um, and if we go back to first principles and, you know, full credit to Jason Lowry, um, what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is freedom of speech, First Amendment. Bitcoin is right to bear arms if you... Um, hold the, which I do, hold the view of Bitcoin as military-grade equipment. Um, so, look, I, I will start with that. The next thing I'll, I'll mention is that let's think about we've got communism and we've got democracy. Okay, we've got these two things. Now, what I think Bitcoin will do is it's going to generate another class of liberty, which no one's considered yet. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, we're, we're moving into a, a revolutionary asset class, um, a sound, eternal monetary system um, that's going to change things on its head. And what it will do is, I mean, look, guys, we can only use our imagination. Bitcoin will dissolve the role of government. And what we're going to find, the little citadels, these little autonomous zones that are already starting to form around the world, it's governing, independent of um, conventional uh, go you know, government structures. And um, that's, that's what's going to happen. And um, I, don't, I think the U.S. Constitution will be the saviour. I think George Washington... Uh, remarkably selfless Elon Musk-like efforts um, will be the Trojan horse for a new kind of self-sovereign liberty. And um, I think, you know, every, and the thing is, Bitcoin doesn't need to play by the rules of everyone else. We all have to adapt our thinking and our lifestyle and our government structures around this new soft war protocol. Um, so, look, that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna um say there. What what do you guys think about that? Chev and Ignacio, feel free to jump in here too. So maybe maybe a little uh I, I guess a little whitewashing of history and I definitely you know one of the things that I did very early on when I was getting into this space uh, of politics and everything else was actually learning the constitution like backwards and forwards kind of almost uh, autistically right so um, after I learned it what I also went back and did is I read uh, the anti-federalists between the, the federalists and the anti-federalists there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of you know looseness based in terms of the the anti-federalists the federalists were uh, you know kept together I mean John Jay Madison Hamilton uh, Hamilton being, you know, the side of the the centralized banks, and you know, Madison kind of being the, the the moderate up there that made it palatable that could write very well. 
what a lot of people don't consider back in the day was that the United States was only free from about, you know, I say free, I mean that in the, the sense that uh, some people, uh, if you were white and you were a landowner and everything, it wasn't free for everybody. But the the states that did exist at the time, uh, there were there were states that were trying to push uh, slavery out, uh, Rhode Island, uh, before uh, they pushed uh, uh, George out of um, uh, down here in Georgia. The Georgia was actually actually one of the first places in America that was abolishing slavery. But when we look at the Anti-Federalists, they were absolutely opposed to a constitutional convention. So from 1776 to uh, 1787, when the constitutional convention started. The, you had about 10 years there where the states were free from centralized power. And when that happened, there was, you know, this talk became uh, apparent. You know, there, they started using words like uh, debt of other countries to start provoking fear, wars with Indians, wars with other countries uh, because of debt. You, you name it. Uh, they These anti-federalists called these people that were trying to, you know, centralize everything the, the aristocratic combination. Very interesting. Uh, the aristocratic combination uh, being your tycoons, being your uh, politicians, your elite politicians, and uh, then the banks. Uh, and when they started to try to force everything into a centralized area uh, there at the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia, the anti-federalists fought this tooth and nail. And they, they, you know, they, when they talked about debt and wars and everything, they called them the hobgoblins and bugbears that were you know, that they were trying to scare people into giving up freedom, giving up, you know, their sovereignty as states into a centralized power. And I think that gets overlooked a lot. You know, the 1776 guys that fought, a, you know, a, an awful war with the British for freedom uh, were then run over by their own, you know, their own people in the United States 10 years later doing exactly the same damn thing. And that's not what they teach you in government, you know, history, the government schools and all that kind of stuff. So um, I do believe, you know, obviously the rights that existed, you know, uh, right to free speech, redress uh, to religion, you know, you name it, just the, the five rights alone in the First Amendment, this, the Second Amendment, the, you know, Third Amendment, even not having to quarter, you know, agents of the state in your house, um, the protection of private property, your effects, having trials, all of these things in terms of you know the the first uh, the first act of Congress was to adopt the Bill of Rights, the first ten um, the, the first ten you know quote unquote rights of the, the people. Uh, that was their their first objective, their first power uh, in in Congress that they they adopted the Bill of Rights. And so I don't know. I you know I, I think Bitcoin does this all very well, but I don't think. Uh, you know, in, in my own opinion, I don't think the national government survives hyper Bitcoinization. Um, curious to your thoughts, Jeff. You came off mute there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I love the meme where it's like the uh, smart car sitting in the bed of a pickup truck, and the smart car has Second Amendment on it, and then the pickup truck is the Bill of Rights. And uh, I, I'm, I think the jury, for me at least, is still out if Bitcoin is a weapon. But I, I think it's that idea of becoming expensive to tyranny. You know, the U.S. government isn't going to go pick on the most heavily armed citizen for the, for the most part. They're going to go and pick on the little guy, if you will. And I think, uh, you know, with all the times we get taxed, we get taxed when we work and then we get taxed when we go to spend to do a transaction. And I think Bitcoin just makes that a lot more difficult. So it makes it a lot harder for the government to tax the people without providing a legitimate good or service for them. 
And I think we're quickly reaching a point where I just don't, like I said, the jury for me is still out if you want to call it a weapon, but I just think that idea of becoming expensive to tyranny is so important. And, uh, you know, watching your debate, Shane, gave me a lot of hope and hearing, you know, I mean, just this is my opinion, but Brian Kim and Stacey Abrams, you could just tell they do not give a shit about the citizens of Georgia. And uh, my, my grandfather is actually the mayor of Akron, which is a small town in North Georgia. And he knows someone who ran for Congress and he was telling me how they were a good person. Then after running uh, for Congress, something changed. And I just think, at least from the way he described it, it sounded like spending all that time in a deceitful environment where you're trying to manipulate and do all these quid pro quo type deals and just being around all that negativity makes you uh, a worse person. And, you know, when I go to my local Bitcoin meetup up here in Massachusetts and I get to spend time with Bitcoiners, I see people excited for the future, building for a better life, uh, pursuing life, liberty and happiness. And that's something I only see in the Bitcoin space. So whether it's becoming expensive to tyranny or having hope for the future, uh, I feel like Bitcoin helps both those things and helps to get back to a place where we can respect the U.S. Constitution and I'm so grateful for the Second Amendment, and I'm even more grateful for Bitcoin because I think it can r- restore what the Constitution means and stop letting kleptocrats, you know, pick at it with stuff like the Patriot Act and now this Inflation Reduction Act that probably not is going to do the opposite of uh, reducing inflation. Awesome, man. Yeah, that, I'm with you. Uh, it, this is this is not an easy subject, especially for kids. That, you know, if you came up in the '80s. Uh, 70s where things were very different, right? Like indoctrination uh, was just beginning uh, from the Department of Education, you know, in the centralized world, and it was a little more decentralized than that. Um, there were still some thoughts and ideas, right? So um, I, I want to uh, go ahead, uh, Ignacio, and, and and say your piece, and then I'm going to bring up Gumby. Okay, yeah, just to say that uh, when uh, we discovered America, the British uh, conquered the North. America and and the, the Americans uh, uh, separated from the UK because the British were taxing them too much and, and they they didn't accept that. So the people that went to America are the explorers, those guys more prone to take risks and, and so on. And the same for Spain, we conquered South America and Central and uh, Spain as a country is like an old person now but uh, we have our children there, like El Salvador. So they keep that spirit of innovation and taking risks. And Bukele took that bold step of adopting as a national currency, the Bitcoin. And that is a light of uh, hope for humanity, for other countries to replicate that. Yeah, and, and maybe that is the way forward to the, to the next step because the nation state political system as we know it is only uh, quote unquote only 500 years old and it will not last forever it will evolve like every political system keep evolving we come from medieval lords and peasants to national state etc etc so there will be something new that we don't know very well yet what but it will happen yeah um it's definitely about to evolve it's gonna and i don't think people realize about how fast it's going to evolve and when you think about how fast bitcoin is being adopted uh versus the internet i mean in in my lifetime guys i mean i'm 42 years old and you know we were basically i tell my kids all the time i'm like we were cavemen like literal cavemen uh kind of (laughs) bumping along being an analog generation um, you know, we see the world at the moment with two systems of communism and 
democracy, but I, I do think the current democracy has huge room for improvement. I mean, think about it. It's an absolute clown show. And as we go back to first principles, think what Jeff Booth said. The more manipulation of money, the more misinformation. You look on the fucking TV, the FTX debacle in Congress was an absolute fucking clown show. Unelected officials, no, you know, there's no due process. You've got guys like fucking, um, you know, people that no one elects, and there's just, it's, it's an absolute shit. Kevin O'Leary, who the fuck brought him up there to testify? It's just a fucking joke. There was nothing democratic about that process. And it just goes to show how much room we have to improve on a new system. And democracy right now is not cutting it. Um, the, the amount of negativity in the world and the divisiveness currently. I mean, it all comes down to, you know, monetary oppression. So, um, guys, we're moving into a new era. You know, what happens in the short term? Civil un- more civil unrest? Sure. Um, depends what t- time horizon matters. Um, but I think in the long term, um, you know, math, the math will surface because math isn't truth and Bitcoin is truth and it will surface. Um, sunlight will continue to be the best disinfectant and um, true free speech will run. I mean, look at Nostra at the moment. It's been around for fucking, I'd only heard about that thing in three weeks. The world's changing quick. And um, I made a meme today how, you know, capitalists and the populists are saying to the government, oh, yeah, you know, let's have democracy of the internet and social media where you can um, propagate your misinformation more. And the government goes, yeah, yeah, all right. But the Trojan horn, I mean, we the people, um, you know, you've got Bitcoin, which is freedom of money, but don't underestimate how powerful social media has been with um, this, uh, you know, information transfer. And NOSA is going to jack it up on steroids. You know, it's going to jack, it's going to be Twitter on steroids. And um, what a, what a, uh, what a liberating fucking technology. That's my input. Yeah, yeah I got to run here. Go ahead, Chip. I got to run here. So I just wanted to say, though, that that's so true. The fact that SCF is out of out of jail right now, spending time with his family while guys like Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, uh, Ross Albright are serving ridiculous sentences for crimes nowhere near as heinous or guilty. Uh, just It shows you the system we're living in, but the fact that we all have social media now and we can see this in real time, the emperor has no clothes, and it's very encouraging to see. Just, I mean, uh, don't, forget, don't forget about Epstein either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amen, Gumby. Yeah. Jeff, I appreciate it, man. If you got to run, uh, I hope you have a, a great week, man. Hopefully, we'll be uh, doing a lot more of these in the very near future. But uh, all, all very good points, Gumby. What's up, man? Let's uh, let's hear from you. I'm not really a crypto guy. I'm more of a the government's just absolutely corrupt kind of guy. But I, I'll talk about that with anyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think I'll talk about how evil they are with anyone. I don't think you're going to get a lot of fight uh, out of, out of how evil they are in this space. I I did want to make um you know just I, maybe a, a different point of view on what democracy is. I know the world uses this term 
every day, all day. And I think a lot of people think it means some things that it doesn't mean. And I think in this space, I think we're going to try to, you know, help understand language a little bit better. You know, democracy is nothing more than majority, right? Majority rule. 51% uh, controls the other 49%. And, and Gumby, if you could do me a favor, man, if you could put that thing on mute uh, and, and tell you're ready to come up and, and uh, hit that thing, I appreciate it. Democracy is is, is mob rule. Um, a lot of times what I will say, and it's jarring to people, but sometimes you got to jar people to kind of wake them up. Democracy is gang rape. If there are two guys or three guys or four guys that want to rape one girl and they take a vote and the girl says no, but they all say yes, then that is, that's democracy. That is exactly the force and coercion that they use against people all day, every day to sustain themselves, whether it's Australia, whether it's parts of Europe, whether it's the United States, whatever. This term democracy should be looked down on as if it is a plague. If you are not a, a society that values the consent of each and every individual in each and every transaction that there is, then what you have is some sort of very, I mean, let's just say awful system, but you have rule by majority. That is that is not a free society. That is not even a, a virtuous or moral society. What you have is the majority taking advantage of people uh, that are maybe not represented. And I can tell you here in the States um, how this works because of the fiat system, especially here in Georgia. Right When, when you look at what's going on uh, and how they're incentivized, guys like myself, libertarians, are lucky to get on a ticket at all. We can run a statewide race, which means we can run for a office like governor or secretary of state or something where everybody in Georgia has that on the ballot. What you cannot do as a libertarian or as any other third party for that matter in the state of Georgia is you cannot be on the ballot at your local level. So if you want to run for sheriff, you want to run for mayor, you want to run for city council, commissioner, whatever, you can't run for those things. As a libertarian, now here's something that you know has you know come up in my life recently. Why is this really, really important kind of stuff, right? Well, let's look at property tax. From a guy that's a homeschooler and a homesteader, when you know when I am fleeced for the tune of thousands and thousands of dollars every year, right? Like we're talking some serious money. I've got three kids, and they take my money. And the majority of that goes into the government indoctrination system that I absolutely detest and fundamentally disagree with at a at a basic level. So when they come at me and they say, hey, Mr. Hazel, you owe us X amount of dollars. And I say, you know what? No, I don't really think I should give you that amount of money. And then you go through appeal process and you stand or sit in front of the tax assessors and they sit there and they tell you about how they came to the conclusion that your house is worth X amount of money and they go they're going to maximize that amount of intake for the county or for the state. Um, and they, you know, say, Hey, you owe us this money and you make the case before them, Hey, listen, I don't use your system. I don't want your system. I don't want to be part of it. I fundamentally disagree with it. It's against my religion. It's against my faith. It's against whatever it is that is a protected right. And they say, you know what? We don't care. Pay us the money or we're going to put your house up and then you can you know, be forced out of it by guys with badges and guns. This is a problem because when they can do this kind of thing, 
because you aren't allowed on ballots, right? And they say, well, if you want to change the law, then go down and change the law or become part of the Congress or the assembly and have it changed that way. Talk to the people that are not in your party who are incentivized by a fiat system to do really terrible things. And they'll sit there and they'll say, you know, you'll accuse them of using the Nuremberg defense, you know, just because the law uh, is on the books, you know, whether it's, you know, the spirit of the law or the letter of the law, what they never consider is the morality of the law. And when you can point to that and sit there and say, hey, listen, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't submit to this at all. What you're doing is the Nuremberg defense and the lawyer for the county or something like that says, well, you're going to have to go another route and fix this. I'm just doing my job. And he can't get away from saying, I'm just doing my job. I'm just staying within the confines of the, the immoral law. This is why this is such a big problem is because most of this is controlled access to the ballot where you can't even be represented. And we know what happens in these cases. People revolt. We, when you have no representation and you are taxed relentlessly against your beliefs, at some point something snaps and people are done. Um, I've still got a couple of you guys. Go ahead uh, there, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, some fantastic points. And um, something I'd like to highlight to you guys. I mean, I went to the Lightning Summit in El Salvador, spent a week there. Did you know how easy it fucking is to get a citizenship in El Salvador? You know, think about when settled and everyone settled over in the U.S. centuries ago. New York was the place of opportunity. You go west, young man. Well, El Salvador is the new west. El Salvador is the economic renaissance. El Salvador is the new Singapore. El Salvador, and frankly, frankly, cyberspace and Bitcoin the Bitcoin cyberspace is the new New York, is the new New York. So um, that is certainly a very, very valid option. But don't be intimidated and don't write it off as a conspiracy plan. Um, it's a beautiful place to live. It's very safe. The people are very friendly, fellas. The chicks there are fucking hot. Um, tremendous opportunity. And, uh, you know, where there's oppression happening, you know, what is, we go back to first principles again, where there's, where there's oppression in one part of the world, there's win people winning in other parts of the world. So there's, you know, if it's shit in one part, remember that there's always another, there's always opportunity in another part. If someone's losing, then there's other parts of the world where other people are winning. And, um, don't discount how profound um, that could be as a viable option. Um, you know, affordability, um, go there, tax-free, easy citizenship. There's 16, 17 ways that you can become a citizen there. And what can, what could, all right, let's say that you're interested. You're listening to me. This idea will percolate for a week or two or a couple of months, whatever. You can go to the local El Salvador embassy in your state, Okay. You're in Australia, where I'm from, in Melbourne, Canberra. But I'll leave that guys up to you. Don't. Um, it's very fucking easy. If you're a business owner, you can start up. Also, you can start up corporate structures, run corporate structures out of El Salvador as well. So there may be some tax benefits. And if something's a if something's your national currency, tax-free, motherfuckers. 
So, look, I'll leave that with you there. And if you want some extra reading or some information, you want to get inspired by it, listen to Max Kaiser's recent interview with Tucker Carlson. Fucking compelling and profound, motivating, inspiring. And his wife, uh, Stacey, as well. She's the, um, she's almost like, they're almost like the expat ambassadors of uh, El Salvador for the US. I'll leave it there. Love you, motherfuckers. Doc, I appreciate it, man. Uh, so definitely been considering some of this uh, exit strategy in the background. And if it, if it starts getting a little too weird, too terrible. But, uh, man, I think uh, I think we're getting close to wrapping it up. I want to say a uh, big shout to my, my boy Mike out there, uh, Mike Hobart. If you guys don't know Mike, he is an absolute uh, great brain in the space and uh, got some wonderful writings over on Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, giant contributor to uh, what's going on in the space. But I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate you guys talking about this with me, uh, trying to get the, the kind of the, the lay of what's going on in in America, around the world. Uh, there is a lot of revolution, I think, already on the way. Uh, the, the ability of people to stay peaceful during this time to give this a a lot of breadth, you know, what I think you're seeing is power, like real, no kidding, power uh, when it comes to people, because power is quiet and power will rest until it absolutely doesn't have to. This idea that you have to be out there in front of everybody else and you know just absolutely, I don't know, kind of kind of pushing, kind of forcing your will, kind of, you know, being this quote unquote, you know, moral compass for everybody else. It's fake. It is fake as the day is long. It is why they have to use force and coercion behind it. It is why they have to push as hard as they do, because if they take off the, you know, the gas just a little bit, then they're going to fail. They're, they're, you know, they're ESGs, the rest of this bull crap, you know, that, that just is spewed forth over and over and over, whether it's, you know, environmental, whether it's COVID, whatever it is, if they don't keep up pressure, if they don't weaponize the, the dollar against us, if they don't use, you know, our currency to fund places like the CIA and the FBI and the rest of the alphabet boys out there to come out and control us then it dies and it dies on its face. Um, it's doing it now. And I think, you know, this, you know, the softer side of revolution that's happening is, is something amazing. Uh, Ignacio, uh, and, uh, let's see, and Mike, I'm going to bring you up to, uh, before we go, let's, uh, go ahead, Ignacio, if, if you want to make a quick point and then I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to have Mike go. Quick point to add to, to the comments about El Salvador that the other friend said, he said, is that El Salvador means the savior. So we all need to be saved. Uh, from leaders that are into drugs, that are pro-abortion. El Salvador is a Christian country based on truth. And we all need to be saved uh, from a catastrophic event uh, like a nuclear war or something like that. That's it. Thank you. Ignacio, thanks for coming up today, man. I appreciate it. Mike, what's up, buddy? And also that Obama is pro-abortion, so that is a bad sign. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, sorry, Shane. I was, uh, I'm traveling for, for this next week. I'm out here in San Francisco with my sister. So it's going to be a little bit longer than normal to get dressed. Plus, it's pissing rain out here in San Francisco. So I had to get, find a dry spot outside of the Airbnb so I didn't wake her up. It's good to um, hear you, man. Yeah, it's good to hear you guys. Happy, or at least we'll be having Happy New Year. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. Um, 
the another the the really big thing Shane that I wanted to like reiterate was uh something that I didn't know about or realize until really this year and maybe a little bit of last year was that the democratic system as it's being sold is not it's an indoctrination system like you like you talked about but people don't really understand that it's it's from all sides like I was raised in a union trade like a union trade family and we were and I'm not saying it was my parents that did it or anything like that but it was just like the American education system like really indoctrinates the whole the, the children to believe that or to, to think that democracy is like the way of like the way of like peace I guess you could say or maybe the um the altruistic that would be probably a better word because I've also been studying Ayn Rand and she talks about how altruism is sold as this false philosophy of like benevolent sacrifice when in reality it's more of an indoctrination system to sacrifice the soul so much to the point of where you don't believe in anything and I think a lot of us can kind of identify that today like I'm a millennial and anecdotally I would say that probably at least half if not three quarters to like 85 percent of the millennial generation is extremely nihilistic um the majority of my peers are probably addicted to porn from what it seems considering the trends of social media um there's a lot of single mothers out there everybody is like people are getting more and more weighed down with chronic metabolic syndromes like obesity cardiovascular disease diabetes type one and type two um people are getting all hopped up on pills for adhd which they label adhd as a as a mental health disorder and i patently disagree i think it's actually just like a superpower of the human brain people just don't know how to steer it because now that we have technology we have a lot of distractions and that we have not been we have not had a lot of time to deal with and parse out um and then there's also the anxiety and depression dynamic that is also a factor of the it's not the nihilism but it is like a, a full prong attack from the american education system that is failing the health of children through the cafeteria system like they're just pumping just absolute garbage into our kids not only through their mouths but through their minds um and all of this gets down to like the individual can't critically think and so nobody like even i remember back in the school system we weren't the te like and this was probably so okay so i'm 32 like so probably 20 years ago i guess you could say we like we were raised not to challenge the teachers like we were raised to not even ask questions we were not we were raised to not ask questions that could be perceived as challenging the teachers because the teacher in the classroom was the harbinger of truth and we've got to this point now where a lot of kids are being raised back to the point that i brought up to believe that it's just democracy republic is, is bad um you kind of see it in the star wars movies they they almost kind of tried to twist it into like a negative thing because the republic just like you know the the scene where they're uh where senator palpatine took control of the congress or the senate and they said that like this is where democracy goes to die like the, the republicans all voted next you know that that's a little bit of a leap for like i can understand that but the point is there's a film that i'm going to tweet out and uh put up in the 
jumbotron here in a second that I've been sending around to everybody that I could that don't understand that our quote unquote democracy, I'll just say that our leadership structure here in the U.S. has been sold as democracy, but in reality, it is literally mafia tactics, like Shane said. People don't understand this. And like the, 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 the trade unions, like my experiences with the local, with the, uh, like a plumber and a pipe fitters union are, and I've had experience with the electricians unions. They are literally all mafia driven tactics. Like there is, there is a lot of off the books violence that is used, uh, against people that disagree within those systems. Um, literally mob rule. There's a lot of, there's like, and, and what people also don't understand is with my experience in the army, there, I, there's mafia tactics in the army. And then if there's mafia tactics in the army and in the, in the unions, the trade unions, you can damn well bet that there's, like, if you've seen House of Cards, there's mafia tactics used in the political system. So, like, people need to really grasp this, that, like, this, the, 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 what would it be the, the global standard or the human standard or the reality standard of might makes right is still very much alive, but they're wrapping it up through the American education system as believing that, hey, no, like you guys can vote. Like like democracy is a real thing. It's a good thing. It's like, like I'm not saying democracy is a, is a bad thing. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be allowed to vote, but it's be like what people don't understand is that they're being incentivized not to look deeper and to understand things on a really deep level because like the the average U.S. voter, average U.S. voter's vote doesn't matter when you've got gerrymandering legal. Like you can't like between gerrymandering and corporate lobbying tactics, like whoever has the money can swing the vote however they want. That's before you even consider what Twitter and Facebook have been doing for the last three years. So like people like I'm and this is insane. You know me. This is why I started writing really aggressively is to try and like spread the knowledge so people can start understanding this shit. Like. Before we can even get to the point of people demanding change, like we all of us have to really start like helping people get to the understanding point. So, like, because like violence is a very useful tactic, but only if it's applied with precision and with, uh, with like what would it be precision and probably like you got to you got to really have your soul and your heart behind it. Otherwise, it's just meaningless. So, like, and the reason I say that is like there's a lot of idiots out there that don't have military experience that are like calling for civil war. And I'm, I'm telling you guys that like we, like in the U S that's not something that anybody wants. Like you, you, you really don't want to be fighting your neighbors and your brothers and your cousins on this. Like this is, I'm all for saving the, like the spirit of America and the soul of America, but not at the cost of like shedding the blood of like my loved ones. Like that's just like, we need to like, the system has to break very, very aggressively before we even consider that as, a, as an option here. Man, Dr. Doom giving it to <laughs> Mike. I love you to death, man. Uh, no, it's uh, you're right. You, we there because this understanding is not prolific. It is definitely, you know, one of those things where I think a lot of Bitcoiners understand it. I think a lot of Austrians understand it. I know libertarians understand this thing. Um, but there's that's a very small group of people, especially here in the United States. And I think probably even smaller throughout the world. Um, we do, we have a mission people. Uh, and I will tell you right now, like making sure that people understand this, going out and talking to groups 
or people who maybe don't see it your way. I know there's a lot of pushback from people when you start to talk to people that maybe are considered quote unquote enemies. Trust me. Um, I've seen it in politics. I've seen it uh, in you know other aspects of life. The problem is, is if you're not talking to people outside of your social circles or where you're accepted, then the ideas don't penetrate other social circles. They don't penetrate uh, this this wider place where we have to go. It's where we have to be. Uh, going through a book right now uh, by Brian Ament uh, called Bitcoin Evangelism. And being able to take this message and go and talk to people where maybe it's not so popular and have these conversations, whether it's with maybe some boomers, uh, whether it's you know kids, whether it's in your country, another country, in different social circles, de- different economic circles, whatever it is, you got to be able to do these things. Uh, there's some great apps out there. Uh, Orange Pill, uh, I-, I think, is one of them. And then um, just you know continue to to do things like this. And so I, I want to thank everybody, Mike. I'll give you um, one more shout here. Uh, and, uh, before we get out of here, but, um, this, this is absolutely, uh, indicative of, of what we have to do, uh, as, as a culture, as a Bitcoin community, uh, that, that loves their fellow human beings. And I, you know, I, I think I'm in agreement that, you know, Bitcoin is absolutely weapons grade technology. Um, that is a, you know, kind of is, is a righteous weapon. If, if I could say anything, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. I just wanted to plug real quick. Um, also, I will say that I absolutely agree. Obviously, I, I am a Bitcoiner, even though like I don't have the laser eyes on my profile picture. Um, this is glasses. Bitcoin is <laughs> Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a, a monetary system of integrity, which we definitely need right now. But like, what I wrote my hand for real quick was just because I mentioned the YouTube video. It is up in the jumbotron now, and then anybody that might not have the time to go to that, uh, just. It's also the, the latest tweet on my profile, and I'll be running a gun today, so I won't be tweeting much. So if anybody wants to watch YouTube videos talking about it, is on, it is the latest tweet. Um, it's a documentary that is about three and a half hours long, so I recommend people take a halfway point break at an hour at an hour and 45. Cause like, this documentary is extremely dense. Um, it doesn't stop with the kind of like information that is out there. It's not like most documentaries I've ever watched. Um, but it is very daunting as to getting an understanding for how the U.S. government and the U.S. system has adopted mafia tactics since, particularly since World War II. We've actually been learning from the mafia to like actually run our country. Um, so the leadership can run our country to to the extent of like more complete control that we're talking about now. Mike, I, uh, I wish you safe travels while you're out there uh, in San Francisco. I, I'm sure they've already started talking secession out there anyway. But, uh, I, man, I, I appreciate everybody, Ignacio, Dr. Uh, Craig, and uh, everybody else who's come up here to talk today. Uh, thanks for hanging out. I'm going to be doing this a lot more often, uh, probably early morning just like this. But this uh, this is a, going to be available. So if you want to retweet it, uh, it's going it's recorded. It'll be available. People can see the, the YouTube video up there. And... Um, uh, you can find it on Twitter. So under under you know obviously Shane T Hazel uh, at Twitter, you can find that. Uh, this is a podcast. It is everywhere. So if you go to any podcatcher uh, out there, I recommend Fountain FM. Uh, it is one of those places that you can go 
you can listen, you can earn sats. It also pays the creators uh, in sats. So I appreciate you guys doing that. They are also working on people who are helping in this space. So um, I've talked to the guys over at uh, Fountain FM and you know sharing sats for people like Mike and Ignacio and Dr. Craig who contribute. Like if I can set them up with a percentage of people, like the these guys have giant plans for doing not only that but hosting in the future. Uh, I hope you'll go over there. You'll support them. Use their app as much as possible. There are a ton of great Bitcoin shows out there. Uh, but for me here on Radical and this uh, this episode, we're going to start wrapping it up, ladies and gents. I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing out there. Uh, you guys are absolutely amazing. And uh, if I don't see you later today, I'll see you tomorrow. I love you. I need you. Peace. God bless. Bye. Don't hurt people and don't take their steps.